Welcome to Fireside Breakdowns. I'm John. I'm Robin. And I'm Savannah. Together, we research and break down complex and even controversial topics facing our society. We always aim to bring you honest analysis backed by research to skew our bias towards what can be factually supported and to make it clear when we're giving our opinion versus speaking about actual research. We're human. We have blind spots and biases, and they will show through. However, our goal isn't to convince you to see things our way. We want to build a foundational understanding of these complicated topics so that we can address them together. We talk about some pretty heavy stuff on this show, and we tackle topics that might feel polarizing. But we do that because we have an important goal in mind. We want to change the way that people have hard conversations. And we think that we can do that using research and discussion to create common understanding. And since you're here, we hope you want the same thing. So we suggest getting comfortable and maybe having a good drink on hand as we work through this stuff. Welcome to our fireside. to Fireside Unscripted. Apparently it's Pink Drink Day on Fireside Unscripted. I miss that memo. Yeah, We drink pink things. Get with the times. It's not Wednesday. (laughs) It's not even Wednesday. (laughs) 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 I've never seen that movie, but I still get the reference because it's made so often. I've never seen it all the way through either. My kids have. I haven't seen it. Oh, boy. Um, but that's not, we're not talking about that on this unscripted episode. What are we actually talking about? We're talking about student loans. Yeah, we are. Or specifically student loan debt cancellation. Mm. Student loan forgiveness. Yes. But probably all things having to do with student loans because surprise, Mm. surprise, we have feelings. So many feelings. We're going to get in them too. We're going to get in them feelings. I get all all in my feelings. I cannot wait to be, be the tears. rational person in this uh, conversation. Mm-hmm. What a terrifying thought mm-hmm. that is. Bite me, John. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I guess, Savannah, you're the one who wanted to talk about this, I think, most. Uh, well, not most, but you brought it up. How to put it? You you fought most fiercely for this topic. Y'all didn't uh, put up much of a fight, recently. but um, yeah, sure. Well, I mean, before, <laughs> but before this week's discussion, you had mentioned right. It has ended times. friendships yeah. before. Yeah. Um, Real easy. Then, full disclosure: I had student loans, since that's what we're talking about. So that's going to be coloring my opinion on this a little yeah. bit. I was fortunate enough to get essentially a full ride for my undergrad, uh, thanks to acting. Um, but it didn't quite cover everything. But yeah. I didn't have to take any loans out. Um, but for my master's degree. I definitely had to get a loan for that. And now I'm staring down the barrel of going back to school again. And I might end up getting a, uh, a loan for that one. I'm not sure. I'm gonna, <laughs> we're going to have to do some number crunching. Um, yeah. I would prefer not to get a loan for it. Um, but the, uh, the reality of the situation is my loan situation was pretty mild. Like, I think I only ended up having to take out 15000 total, and it was at a pretty reasonable interest rate, and I still, still struggled 
under those loans. For What's a pretty we'll get, reasonable we'll interest rate? I don't remember because I paid it off years ago and shut that memory into a deep, dark corner yeah. of my mind, never to be opened again. I, feel I like, have um, closer facts. to the national average of student loan debt, um, and I have no idea what my interest rate is because it doesn't actually matter. Uh, it is going to be what it is, and I will pay them off as quickly as I can pay them off, but um, it, there's, there's no reason for me to know it because knowing it's just going to piss me off more. Well, I think it's we should level set with the fact that it's always difficult for people to talk about money. Money and politics seem to fire up people the most and children. Um, so if I ask you guys questions like, like, do you mind if I ask you guys questions about like how much your monthly payment is and stuff like that? Yeah, I do. No, that's fine. If you remember it, John, because evidently you don't remember any of it. Yeah. Oh, no, I remember it. I, rem I, I don't remember the specifics of like my um, like interest rates and stuff like that. But I, I remember other things about it, like how it impacted me and why. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. Um, but uh, we just disclosed our like our history of student loans. So one person with them who has paid them off, one person currently paying them off. And then and Savannah. Then me. Um, I have no student loans and I have two degrees um the gi bill from the marine corps paid for my all of my education plus the military gives you tuitions assistance while you're active duty so i got the majority of my bachelor's for that with that um and yeah i had enough to continue a master's and then i still have more money if i want to go back and pursue another degree um uh, it, and how they do the calculations for the GI Bill pretty much means that, yeah, you can you can get at least two degrees, if not more, if you like double up and do stuff, which is what I did. I took a significant amount of classes to save money and to be able to. But also to let you guys know about the GI Bill, it doesn't just pay the tuition. You also get a student, um, a book stipend. Um, and you also get um, housing. So you could literally just go to school and your rent is paid for, your tuition's paid for, and your books are paid for. That's all part of the GI Bill. So there are a bunch of rules and stuff like that. But yeah, that is why I didn't. It's one of the reasons I joined the military. So I wouldn't have to take out student loans. And yeah. that is my relationship with student loans. So... I want to get into that at some point as well. But first you were going to tell us like why you said this is like ruined friendships, ended friendships. That's actually the term you used. Um, so why were you, why, why are you so controversial Savannah? <laughs> um, what is your damage? Well, besides the fact that I believe that myself and this friend cannot communicate about controversial, <sighs> con uh, yes, things that we disagree yeah. on um hey we have a podcast about that i could recommend it <laughs> right right there is a podcast about that um besides that which adds a layer of complexity um i don't really speak to people that have student loan debt and so my stance on uh, student loan debt is coming from a more of a you took out the loan you should pay it off stance However, um, when I would have these conversations, and I realize that is a completely, you know, 
narrow minded viewpoint. But whenever I would bring it up with the one person that would talk to me about student loan kind of stuff, um, he would end up calling me a narcissist and the conversation would derail for months. So, um, (laughs) well, (laughs) that is definitely not a healthy way to have a conversation about controversial topics, sir. Right. And, uh, well, it wasn't until I started talking to other people and getting their viewpoints on stuff when, um, I realized like, Obviously, the interest rate of student loans is so astronomical. It is ridiculous. And I, um, in the past year, I shifted my perspective from being like, you took out the loan, you should know what you're doing, to being like, yeah, those interest rates are fucked. And we shouldn't, if anything, they sh- the interest should not, all of the interest should be forgiven. That's more of the camp that I'm landing in now is that um, I don't believe that the student loan interest rate should be remotely respected because like seeing the numbers of these people that are taking out these loans, paying the minimum payment. And then, you know, 10 years later, they still haven't hit their principal. Like not only is that completely demoralizing and like, what's the point you're just creating a class of people who are forever in debt and can never, you know, buy a house and can never do all that stuff that, so I'm just like, that is ridiculous. The interest rate, absolutely insane, predatory, all this kind of stuff. And I can totally get on board with that. But um, my belief that the original loan amount should still be paid off is where people think that I'm ridiculous. Oh, but also, and it does matter, I believe in free college. That is not like a, like, I believe the United States system should have free college. So that's not it. It's just more of these loans were taken out. And the responsibility for the decision you made. Yes. Not necessarily that the that the system itself is the correct no, system it is or, not. or applied properly. It's just that, yeah, that personal responsibility aspect of it. Right. And I realize that my stance on it is coming from, and when we got into this argument, myself and this ex-friend, um, I was like, you know, I made decisions that forever changed my life because I didn't want student loans. Like I made I ended up in a war zone. So like, and that's very much like a, well, I fucked over my life to not have student loans. And if I had taken out student loans and had just gone to college because I wanted to be a nurse in Georgia, like, and then realized that they would be forgiven later. If I had known that that would have been an option, you know, it's very much a, a <laughs> not a childish, but more of like a, that's not fair kind of thing. Cause I did make yeah. these decisions. So, um, yeah. And but I realized, also- like also you then are being compensated for the consequences of that decision now as well. Whereas people who took out student loans, um, whether they understood what they were doing or not, are receiving zero compensation. Some some are now under some of these program changes, but like, would your opinion be different if the government was not compensating you for the consequences of what happened when you we're in a war zone. Well, they didn't compensate me for 11 years. So the compensation is not inherent to what happens to you. And the veterans who get compensated have to go through a bureaucratic nightmare to get what they have quote unquote earned. 
um, for like the disability portion for the GI Bill. Even if you go through certain stuff, if you don't toe the line, you don't get the GI Bill. Like it's it is again, it's a whole bureaucratic thing that goes beyond the scope of this. But not everyone who gets fucked over by things ends up with the GI Bill. So well, no, but, but like, wouldn't it, you say? Um, uh, okay. The way I see it though is that. Even though you're not guaranteed the compensation, the compensation is is available, right? Whereas, like, it is something that you could potentially qualify for if you mm-hmm. did it right. right. Whereas with the student loan, the way I kind of see it is, especially with with these astronomical interest rates, you you screw over your life a different way, but you still end up making a decision yeah. that screws you over, and then you don't get any compensation after that to right yeah i agree sort of i agree with that there's literally that. not even like financial counseling and i granted i don't i am not intimately acquainted with the kind of health care benefits and mental health care benefits and all of that 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 veterans receive so like please know that i'm speaking from a place of significant I- ignorance when it comes to that but like there's not even financial counseling available other than like the mandatory internet thing that we had to go through in 2005 that said, yes, I understand I'm taking out a student loan. Like there's no, there's no budget help. There's no walking through the process. Like they do not set people up for success in understanding what they're getting into. Yeah, no, they don't. And so it's like, I find myself interacting with people who very much take that line of, well, you made this decision. You should have to deal with the consequence when they are also not dealing with the consequences of big decisions that they've made in their life. And so it, it feels very much like a not a valid point to me. Yeah. And it, well, what do you mean by they're not like, can you give me an example of stuff that they're not addressing or well, taking so like, accountability for? Right. So they will gladly, um, for example, they will gladly accept disability benefits for a decision that they made that got them hurt. They're on lifetime disability. They will accept those from the government. But someone who took out a student loan because they made a decision should not get that same kind of benefit, right? Like everything we do in life is the consequence of a decision. And so if you want to boil it all down to you made this choice, you should have to deal with the outcome. Then I think a lot of people would be in very different places in their lives. Yeah, I think a lot of people. And I'm not saying this is you specifically, Savannah, but I think a lot of people with that mentality of this is your choice, you should deal with the consequences, are also benefiting from the fact that they may have made choices where the consequences included some sort of benefit before they made their choice. Mm -hmm. So, for example, disability was in place before they made the choice that got them on disability, which... Let me be clear. I'm not saying that that is an aspirational goal and something no, that, no, no. that is good, no. right? But and I'm I'm grateful that we if, exist in a place where where that is a social safety net that right. we can take advantage of. Like that's I'm I'm 100 for social safety net programs. Yeah, I just wonder how those same people would feel if the situation were that we didn't have you know disability safety safety nets. And the conversation were about implementing those at this point. Like, would they still be like, well, they made a decision. They rode their motorcycle without a helmet. um, So they need to just deal with the consequences of that instead of being a burden on society, quote unquote. Right. Um, Because anybody who takes a payout from the government is is a burden on society. Um, 
sometimes to, to a lot of people, which is right. fails to consider the whole calculus of the equation that like the offset yeah. might be that they provide more to society than they're getting in benefit, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Not or even, you know, just like the inherent value of a human being. Yeah, that too. So, <laughs> I was thinking in their language, but yeah. Well, also there's a yeah. difference between wanting that utopian society where everyone exists as a, a human and then unfortunately the capitalist nature of um, our country. That, that, and I'm not saying that human lives don't matter because of capitalism, but that is the system that we currently operate in. Um, I mean, we trade time and health for money when you get right down to it yeah unfortunately and i'm also like this nature of capital kind of leads into um ubi and you know the benefits that come from that but that's not what in a perfect world we would not have 18 year olds signing up for fifty thousand dollars worth of debt uh not knowing what they are getting into not necessarily having the uh parents that can teach them about that too like, cause a mm-hmm. lot of, a lot of parents either don't know themselves or are too focused on putting food on the table to make sure that their kid's not signing up for this debt. So yeah, it, it's, it's flawed in all sorts of ways. Yeah. So that's, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, how I feel about this to keep framing the conversation out. We, so I took out, like I said, somewhere around the neighborhood of $15,000 in, in student loans and when I took those out, I had a full-time job. I was going to work full-time and also going to school to to get my master's. And they deferred payments until I had finished school. But some of the things they don't tell you is that interest accrues, or rather, mm-hmm. it's not that they don't tell you. It's that you don't know to look for it. Right. If you've never taken out a loan before or yeah. if, like me, you're just young and naive, um, that interest accrues over that period that you're not repaying the loan. So even if you do take out a loan for $15,000, by the time you start paying it back, you owe $19,000. Right. And then you're like, well, dang. Um, so I actually really struggled working full time uh, to pay my bills, pay my rent, pay my food and pay my student loans back. And I had to like, <laughs> I had to talk to the, the, not necessarily bill collectors, but the, the, um, the people, the representatives for the loan company, um, several times. Cause they're like, well, you didn't make your payment this month. And I'm like, yes, because there's no money to make the payment. <laughs> I ate. So instead I, I ate that money. Peanut butter sandwiches. Honestly, that's your problem. I can see that's that's where y'all went wrong. Yeah, right. I chose life. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Capitalism is not what? about choosing life, John. I should have fed the machine. You're right, and that is my moral failing yeah. as an American. Glad you see that. Um, the government that clearly needed your your hundred and fifty dollars or whatever it was that it month. was one seventy five a month was my minimum. Uh, minimum payment. And so I started making that and I think it was 175, somewhere in that ballpark. And so I made that payment for once I got into a a different job, ironically, not full time, but I still made more money. So I was more capable of making these payments. 
weird. Um, once I got into that position and started making these payments regularly and I made them on time every month, I made those payments for like a two years, maybe a year and a half before I checked my balance. Cause I would just, I would just send them on, I had it on auto pay. So I just sent it off and it was just like, yeah, it'll, you know, resolve whenever it's paid off. So uh, I finally went to check my balance to see where I stood and do some financial planning. And I owed, I still owed like almost as much as I had owed when I started making payments back. So I still owed just north of like $19,000 after making payments mm -hmm. for over a year. My balance just hadn't changed. I think I was throwing an extra like five or 10 bucks a month at it. And so I called and I was like, hey, what gives? And they're like, well, your payments go towards interest first. Mm -hmm. So your principal mm -hmm. keeps accruing interest at the same rate, plus the interest that's on top of that. And even though I was paying down my interest, I was only barely getting into the already accrued interest from the delayed payments. So I actually hadn't hit my principal yet after a couple of years. And some people, and in fact, I didn't get to do any research. I just came across this story before we talked, but uh, it was a gentleman who had made his payments. He had paid, um, you know, 50 to a hundred dollars more a month, uh, for, I think he said seven years and went to check the balance and he had only paid off 3% of his principal by that point. Mm -hmm. Well, it doesn't, and, uh, so sorry to tie that up point being i got really really disillusioned very quickly with the entire like well i took out this loan this is my responsibility i need to pay it back because i thought i was doing the right thing by making my payments i thought that the minimum payment that i was told would suffice to 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 pay my loan back um I thought that that's all I would need to do and it would resolve itself. And to find out that the way these loans are set up are to keep you making payments for as long as possible to milk you for that profit mm -hmm. for these companies. And mine was a federal federal student loan. Yep. So for the government um, was, I mean, like talk about radicalization <laughs> overnight. I was like, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. Nobody should work to make their payments on time and responsibly and be going backwards oh, I, or at the very at the best not moving i agree that and is so, insane but does that not yeah. lend to the idea that the interest rate is the problem not the loan well and i would agree with that but i also agree with the general some or the general assertion that uh, knowledge shouldn't be locked behind a paywall yeah so I think college should be free because I think our entire society benefits with furthering education and allowing people to pursue educations that they want to. Aren't you working I on a patent to protect your intellectual property? From other companies. From yes, and that's not profit. education. <laughs> we're not preventing people from learning how to do what we're doing. We're preventing somebody from copying our direct technology. And that's, that's a big difference. And I think you also have to factor in the, the college tuition inflation bubble, right? So we mm -hmm. had the housing bubble 
there has been a direct escalation in the cost of going to college over the course of 40 years where the value of that college degree has not increased to pace. So we have entire generations of people starting with Gen X, myself being an an older millennial who were told the only way to be a successful human being is to go to college and to get a degree, at least one, if not two, Mm -hmm. I have two. Mm Um, do we all have two? And then we all have two. There's six degrees on this pod. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. And so like we were, we were basically taught that that is the barrier of entry to Mm -hmm. adult professional society. And so in our heads, like that's a cost of being an adult. Yeah. There was no other option. There was no other option. I was explicitly told that I needed a college degree to get a good paying job mm-hmm. by multiple people. And here's the kicker. It didn't matter which degree I got as long as I had one. Oh, The companies just looked for the degree. That's interesting. Not the, the subject matter, well, which I thought was. Think about. Which I believed because, again, very young John was very trusting and naive. Yeah. Well, Did they also so. tell you that companies cared about your college transcripts? Yeah. Yeah. And high school. Which puts pressure, not only that, like, I I just, I have a lot of feelings, especially when you layer onto that, the pressure of being the first person to get a college degree Mm -hmm. in your immediate family. And then that pressure of like, well, companies are going to look at your grades. So you better make sure that you're doing this in a way that you can excel, which generally for most people means not working, taking a full load so they can get it done with as quickly as possible and get out into the working world, like the deck was just stacked in such a way that we were primed for this kind of predation. And it's predatory. It's 100% what it is. Yeah. Um, So to your question earlier, Savannah, yeah, I think the interest rates are definitely the problem in in our current setup. Again, a setup that I don't agree with. Right. Um, I don't think any of us. About the interest rates. But that is also why I think student, I think that the forgiveness should be more than just the interest rates. Because if you, I could see a world and I'm not, we're all talking about hypotheticals now because no plan has been floated to forgive student loans. But I could see a world where the interest rates were forgiven, but the amount paid wasn't applied towards the principal. So people were basically just starting back at zero, which I think is incredibly unfair as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think the, or not at zero, whatever amount they, they right they loan. at basic, um, yeah. And then, um, and I think the contract. I really believe that the contract that these kids or young adults sign for these massive amounts of money are, if not legally <laughs> void, they're morally void because mm-hmm. you take out a loan for x amount yeah and you're told well yes there will be interest and you'll have to pay back a little more or you'll have to pay back more but that's how the company like makes money and that's how you pay for the loans and you know it seems reasonable at the time but the actual agreement you end up paying back two or three times the amount mm-hmm. that you took out yeah. And suddenly, like, that's that's not what I agreed to. I didn't agree to pay back $100,000. I agreed to pay back $50,000 for my degree. But you agreed to the terms of the loan. 
You did, but also think, well, you wouldn't know because you didn't have student loans, but the way that they're presented, okay, like the way that they're presented to you is in bits and pieces. So every semester I had a different loan for each one of my different loan programs. I had different paperwork for my Pell. I had a different paperwork for this loan and that loan. And the numbers are small. So even when you look at that MPN and they show you like, you know, if you pay this back in 10 years, this will be your total. You're looking at $2,500 and $4,000, right? When you are 21 years old and you have no business making these decisions, that looks like nothing to you. That's less than your car cost. Why do you say that 21-year-olds don't have business doing stuff with money like that? I didn't. I had no sense. I had zero sense, zero education. Same. I had no business making those decisions. I mean- Think about it this way. Banks say the same thing. You could not go to a bank as a 21-year-old and get an unsecured loan for $20,000, 30000 $50,000 from, from anywhere. Not. They Absolutely would not do not. that. As a 19-year-old, I was in charge of $500 million worth of equipment. and Because you were you, in a completely separate society. Like you, That is a completely different operating system than... Still no the training. everyday civilian society. But but they don't care because you're collateral, right? Like, they teach you to do what you need to do to handle your stuff. They don't teach kids... No, they don't teach you. ...what they need to know how to handle this they stuff. They don't teach you in the military either. But that I, I take issue with the fact that 19-year-olds or 20-year-olds or 21 have no sense in handling that kind of stuff. I think that... I should have used a personal pronoun instead of a plural pronoun because I, at okay. that age, had zero business. But zero, I, but like again, the, the, the royal we mouse in my pocket, whatever, like, but I, they, I still stick by the assertion that no bank is going to give a 19 year old a loan for a college degree without securing it. Right. And these are unsecured relatively. Some of them are very high interest loans that are being given to these late teenagers, early, early 20 year olds. Can you define um, that unsecured? They cannot get out. Can you of. define unsecured for our listeners that might not know what that is? There's, thank you. Um, no, no collateral. No way for that payment to be um, uh, forgiven or taken by the loaning institute. Um, Essentially, you don't have the means. you don't have the so. income and the way to pay it off. They haven't proven your worth. Not worth. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> <laughs> they haven't proven. The way that, well, I mean, if for an actuary, that might be part of how. Yeah, literally, your net worth. Does yeah, not it's your net worth at the cost of the loan. They don't check that yeah. at where they do with no. stuff like mortgages and stuff like that. No, I just wanted to make sure that right. the listeners were yeah. uh, understood that portion of loans, which because I did not know that until this past year too that um, yeah. that they were unsecured. So, and they yeah. they present them to you in small pieces. Each like I think when I consolidated my loans, I had something like thirty one separate loans, right? So when you're looking at that paperwork, the number that is on that paper is not scary. When you consolidate it, it's terrifying. If they were to roll them up every time you got a new student loan and you could see that total, I think that we would have a very, very different situation on our hands. Do you think it's purposefully broken up or is it just because there's so many different programs that have their hands in the bucket? I have a hard time assigning intentionality to things um, where I can't demonstrate that there's intentionality. I'm really 
leery of saying, well, they meant to do this, they meant to do that. But it would not surprise me at all if that was the intention. I think there are too many individual, uh, like people talk about big, bad government. I think it's so uh, bloated and so many different things are moving that no one really knows what's going on. And so to me, I don't think that there's intentionality behind it. It's not like, let's let's fool the dumb 18 year olds. It's just a system that was put into place, became what it was, and it turned out to be an awful system. Um, I I try to be cautious, but I would not be surprised. (laughs) Yeah, I think from a marketing, from a sales perspective, because that's what it is, you're selling these things. I think it makes sense for the companies doing this to not go Mm -hmm. out of their way to assess the financial situation right. of the people that they are selling their product to. But mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's going out there saying, yes, let's let's sink them into as much debt as possible no. and milk them for life. It's just, we're also not going to do anything to keep them from doing that. Right. And well, if they do that, that's good for us. And, and this is a profitable, this is a profitable business line. So let's make it as accessible as possible. It's exactly what they did with mortgages back in 2005, 2006, 2007, right? When everything came crashing down. This is really profitable. Let's make it as accessible as possible to as many people as possible so we can keep making profit. It's. I don't think that there is that direct malicious intent of causing harm, but there. I believe there absolutely is the intent to make it as easy as possible to participate. Who are some of the companies that these student loans come from? There's Freddie uh, May and whatever well it basically Mac, it, they all go end up back at <laughs> they are all. freddie mac and fannie mae yeah um but like mine were through great lakes which is like you can just like go to their website basically and just sign up and they're like yeah, yeah here's five thousand dollars oh, Jesus! and you're like oh cool <laughs> great I'll just yeah pay my i literally have no idea who mine were originally through they were all government service loans but so the government service loans are those two Freddie Fannie companies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you guys say that there is a there it is profitable. Um, have either of y'all done any research into where that money actually goes? Because the schools do need to get paid, quote unquote. <sighs> have you done any research into Fred, the the loan companies do not pay the schools? No, you the do. schools are paid by your tuition. Right, which... Yeah. But... So the schools are getting paid by your tuition, which is the money that just comes directly into your account, and you can actually do whatever you want with it, right? There's no, like, uh, checks of what you're doing with the money, right? Uh, they're depending supposed on how to be. The, de- depending on how the loan is given to you. Yeah. Sometimes the loan goes directly into your bank account, and you transfer the money over to the to the school, and sometimes the loan goes directly to the school, Mm-hmm. You just Which told me that they the don't actually pay the schools. I would like you to do a retraction. No, <laughs> they don't make money <laughs> off of the loans. Don't put words in my mouth and change what I said. Okay. Yeah, the way that the way that mine worked, they went through the school account first, and then all of the overage went directly into my bank account. Yeah, which is what paid for books and room mm-hmm. and board and. Um, my children's formula by the time I graduated college because I had two kids by the time I graduated. So like that's that is the process. So the school did get paid first. Mm -hmm. But at that point in time, they were also very much encouraging people to apply for the max that they needed to exist during their college. Uh, My student, the, the people in the financial aid office. 
of, of yeah. your schools. So financial aid offices in, in the schools will mm-hmm. tell you, they will, at least in my experience, might not be universal, it might not be the same as it was when I went, but they will absolutely tell you, you know, this is how much you need for tuition, but we recommend taking this much out to cover room and board, to cover mm-hmm. um, your books, to cover these ancillary ex- uh, expenses. And that way you don't have to work or you can right. focus on your studies or, or I see you your, can cover yeah. unexpected payments. It seems like... You're, I see you're taking a, a full load or a full load plus. Clearly you're not working, you know, what other income... <laughs> Like, That's a lie. So it seems like it is yeah. well-intentioned advice to ensure that college students don't starve. But the financial yes. aid office, who is supposed to offer financial aid and hopefully some literacy with this financial aid, is was still neglecting to tell students the implications of what they were doing. So I don't know that they understood the implications. Literally, yeah. our financial aid office was staffed by kids who worked at the school. They were work-study kids. See, that's, I mean, where does the ultimate responsibility lie when we talk about accountability of student loans? Is it the person who takes out the loan that, you know, might not understand the loan terms? Is it the companies that set awful uh, loan terms? Is it, you know, parents for not helping their children or being unable to, you know, that, that whole thing? Where... Can I mm-hmm. ask you why one person has to be ultimately responsible? Oh, because I deal with people that think in black and white and they don't like uh, shaking up the, the accountability. Oh. But, well, yeah. You yeah. see that I, when people I, I in headlines, that's what they say is like, it. you know, it gets turned into a this person's responsible, like this person's responsible. But it's it could be all of them, John. And that's kind of what yeah. I'm getting at is that it's kind of everyone's colossal fuck up. And unfortunately, the people who suffer and ultimate are, are, you know, lower and middle class people, which means that it messes up their whole entire life structure impacts their children It impacts like it is, you know, a cascading. Yep. Impacting. So why yep. are you smirking, yep. John? I wish people who are on the podcast could hear <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't see smirking. This. I was. I was just. I was actually agreeing with what you were saying. That's probably why you were smirking. smirking it's because we were agreeing. No, I don't. I, I don't even know what look I was making. I'm so sorry. I was. I was looking at you. It was definitely yeah, I was not a like. Got her. I convinced you. What's up, Socratic method? Well, what do you mean? Like, that's I'm, I'm the one that's asking questions here. You're the one talking. I believe I asked you why one person had to be ultimately responsible, and you ended up. I going was leading so, that way. So I think that's one point. Didn't I begin? Wait, no, wait. I started the questioning with asking, you know, whose responsibility is it? Who? You said which one person is ultimately responsible, and I was like, Why does it have to be one? And you were like, Ah, that's what I was getting at. And I was like, Yes, this is all due to my brilliance in questioning. God, that's so. You just need to understand how incredibly salient my line of questioning was, Savannah. You better. Be lucky you're in Washington because I would 100% sock you for that was where I was going with it. God. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, gosh, it's so fun to get you wild up because you try to do it to me all the time. And it works. Um, it does work. You get me. Like, I don't like, it's not like you're, it's not like I don't respond. I was going to be irrational. In fact, I think you get me more often than I get you. So, uh, 
Anyway. I want you to know that some anyway. of the listeners say that you're pretty hard on me. And I'm like, is he? Because I feel like I'm a dick back. So I don't know. <laughs> some of the listeners are like that one chick who thinks that John's annoying. <laughs> That's true, hey, though. I don't want to give up my sources here. So. So it's that one chick. Do, that one chick. I am. The thing is, just like out of this conversation, but like I, I am. I am. I do challenge you. But like it's a two way street and you hit me back just as hard, which is why like, before you were ever asked to be on this podcast, that's one of the reasons I thought about you was because of like, we have good conversations and like, I'm not afraid to be like, Hey, but did you think about this? And that seems like it's not fully, oops, punched my mic. That's not fully thought out. And you're like, Hey, did you think about this dumbass? And I'm like, well, you got me there. Right. So I think we balance it well together and poor Robin just has I to listen to it. For everybody listening, we're both very happy in this relationship. <laughs> so, anyway, so mm. let's uh, mm-hmm. talk about. Um, I'm actually curious to see what you guys think should happen with the student loans. Like, um, what's your method of quote unquote getting rid of them? Have y'all thought about that? <sighs> I, I think, think we're making I mean, good progress. I how? think the the. Um, the changes that have been made to some of the programs that were designed to offer relief, especially like the public service um, loan forgiveness programs and uh, the changes that were announced to the income-based repayment programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was actually today that they made that announcement. Um, there's something like 43 million people who are on income base, or sorry, there's 43 million total Uh, student loan borrowers. Um, And there are a 4.4 million of them who were on an income-based repayment program that was supposed to be working toward paying off that loan. Uh, The way that that program worked was that they would essentially count your payments toward your total, but not, not dollar for dollar, right? So it was supposed to like adjust the total amount that you ended up paying based on how much income you earned. And um, there were about 4.4 million people who were participating in that program. And a recent report by I think it was NPR turned out that 32 people out of that 4 million actually uh, had their loans paid off in the progress that they were supposed to have. Like the the process yeah. was completed properly and they were able to pay off their loans that way. But um, NPR's reporting, like I wanted to dig into it a little bit more because that program was for people who paid off their, were paying off their loans um, from 21 to 25 years. And the number mm-hmm. that had been forgiven of 22 were just after 20 years. So I'm wondering if, you know, the millions of other people just haven't hit the 25 year mark. It just seems like a And it's possible. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. But the my the purpose of of bringing that up is just that the systems in which we are supposed to be able to pay these loans back to the government, right? I'm not talking about private loans. I'm talking about the United States federal government. The processes through which we're supposed to be able to pay these off in a way that offers a little bit of relief are so broken and so inconsistent that that it's not being accomplished. Mm-hmm. So the revisions that they've announced to the program 
today in in reviewing it and in giving credit for people who um, who have been in forbearance when they should have had lower payment rates and things like that, I think are are going to go a long way toward offering some relief. Um, but the question of what should we do is that's a really difficult one, you know. Yeah, it's got far-reaching impact on the federal economy. I mean, there's like one and a half trillion dollars in federal student loans out there. What um, my not friend anymore said was that it doesn't matter about the like the the trillion. It, the to him, he was like, the money just does, doesn't matter. That trillions of dollars doesn't matter. It can be wiped away in a second. And I'm like, I feel like that's not as simple. As like, he's like, Biden just needs to get rid of all of it. And I'm like, that's not how it works. But um, I am also curious. John, do you have what? Why, why are you looking like I really hope people get this YouTube um, feed so people can was, see well, your face. <laughs> I was thinking about what your friend was saying, yeah. thinking to myself, well, that doesn't like that's com- it's it's a pipe dream. It's uh, like trillion a trillion dollars. As, as, as frequently as the government seems to just throw around funding requests for $3 trillion, $4 trillion, and, and you know, spend $1.3 trillion on infrastructure improvement or whatever it is, like that's <laughs> still a lot of money. It's it a lot is. of money for the U.S. government. It's a lot of money for the world, let alone any, any government. Yeah. So And it's I still debt that, just, that has to be serviced at some point, somehow. Yeah. I was just thinking that that seems like a very um, – I can understand feeling that way. I certainly understand why people would want um, all all loans just forgiven. I, I, I have too many friends that are you know, mid-career adults with children that they're trying to put through school that will be entering college soon, and they haven't even begun to scratch – their own student loan debt. Mm-hmm. So we're trapping not only the the parents, but likely these children into this generational debt. And you can't declare bankruptcy to get out of these I loans. You, nope. Most I of them. You, you cannot. They have to be private. No. Federal student loans you cannot oh. declare bankruptcy on. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yes, this and person's private loans. Most of them, I, I'm fairly fairly certain the vast majority of student loans are federal. Um, but yeah. again, I didn't research. 92%. So. And it also impacts Robin's the ability. For, I have my note card. It impacts the ability for people to buy houses because it does. Right. With that debt, it gets so calculated. That is, um, that's one of my like things here is like, you can't, you can't declare bankruptcy to get out of it, which is a tool that we provide every other person and business. And business for every other kind of yeah. debt, right? If you just got in over your head, it sucks. It's gonna it's gonna stink for your life for a while. But declare bankruptcy, give yourself this fresh start, and go. Right? You might end up back in debt because maybe you didn't learn anything in the in in your life when you got into that debt. But at least there's that option available. There's an off ramp. It's an ejector seat, but it's something for this. We don't have that. Mm -mm. And that, that is a little bit crazy to me. 
And for that reason, I think it needs to be just a little bit more than merely forgiving the predatory interest, even though that would be a great first step. If we were able to say, okay, these loans back to X date, despite what the uh, interest stated interest rate was, the calculated interest rate for repayments for that loan from that date are going to be 0%. And therefore, every payment you make goes to principal, right? I think that would be a fair resolution. A lot of companies would end up suffering, but I think there's... I, th- I find it very difficult just to make for bankruptcy? A, a moral or, sorry, so, say again. They, they just, can. Couldn't they just file for bankruptcy? They could. They sure could. <laughs> they can. Um, we can. I find it very difficult to can. make a moral argument, a, a, a morally defensible argument for keeping companies in business that only exist because they keep millions of people in Extreme debt. <laughs> Would you say that student so, loans is the modern slavery? Controversial opinion. I would not. I would not. I not by any stretch think... of the imagination. Forgive me as I calculate a more nuanced answer. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think emotionally or generationally or uh, culturally, it is anywhere close to being the same as slavery. Um, I think, I think the downstream results can look similar though, where we're talking about generational debt, where we're talking about the inability to improve your situation because of decisions made by other people like your parents. Right. Um, so no, it's not it's not modern day slavery as we imagine slavery to be, but right. I I think if you go far enough downstream, you're going to be hard pressed to make a compelling argument that the lasting impacts are very different. Yeah. I mean, maybe we could go to like the modern day equivalent of serfdom or yeah. um a a more modern equivalent of the situation that many miners and railroad workers found themselves in uh, where the companies loaned them all of the money that they needed for their supplies. And then they ended up never actually earning their own income uh, and Mm. being basically indentured servants. But I feel like maybe it's just white people who are willing to say that student loans are modern day slavery. And that's pretty controversial. And I'm sorry, but I was just asking, that is not my viewpoint. Um, Please know that is like I have had that said to me as well. <laughs> yeah, who could have said that to me? <laughs> that one I think person, a particular brand of white person who wants to have like the ability to be like, oh, but we suffered as well. Yeah. So you know, well, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it, it is, it is this compulsion that I think a lot of people have to identify with oppression that they've never yeah. experienced. <laughs> They want to be oppressed so hard. Oppress me, daddy. They, they, really want, to, do. they want to be able to. Well, they do. I think it, I think they want to be able to say that, like, well, I've been oppressed, too, and I don't bitch about it. So why are you complaining? Oh, it's a flavor of like, bootstraps. Well, they, well, there's that. And then mm, there's like delicious. this this whole collective oh, not licking boots, collective anxiety, collective oppression, collective 
feeling that I feel like I see reflected a lot in popular culture right now, where yeah. everyone needs something to be oppressed about so they can identify with everyone else who feels oppressed. Um, but that's just a whole other rant that we won't get into because we're talking about student loans. Oh, what's it called? Um, um, grievance culture. I think that's yeah, grievance culture, trauma porn, oppression porn, victim culture. Um, victim culture. That's it. Victimhood. Yeah. Um, yeah. The sorry, I'm so sorry, but this was it was a good segue into it. The serfdom point. I think. One of the problems we're seeing is that even though it might not be intentional, there are a lot of people that see the byproduct of these student loans being or the threat of these student loans. And that is like it drives people into the military mm. because they right, don't right, want right. to suffer that. Is, that. Mm -hmm. So it, it creates a feeder stream into the military. Last week. Yeah. And if you don't have those it, people, um, if you don't have that pipeline, where does your fighting force come from? Exactly. It, you need desperate people in order to have, <laughs> unfortunately, and this is not to say that everybody in the military is desperate, but a lot of people are. I, what do you mean? I'm pretty sure like it's like 98%. Like we're all the island of misfit toys. We come from no one who would. <laughs> some people. No, no. Some people one enter person, the military out of a strong sense of one patriotism person. and duty. Okay, look, I looked this up because I was like, why do people join the military? And there's some random study that's like people join for patriotism. And I'm like, who the fuck paid these people off? This is a false study. Oh, yeah. If you. Yeah. Like they're Britain. Anyway, I don't agree with any of this. There's there's one guy in in. <laughs> In every platoon, he's the he's the yeah, there uh, is one the token patriot, and they're annoying <laughs> as fuck, and no one actually likes them, and they have that do it for Chesty Puller. They have an American flag uh, <laughs> on the back. They're pick up anyway. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so um, but also, <laughs> but even if people don't join the military, the student loans are a way to ensure a workforce as well. Mm -hmm. um, if you have taken a student loan out, you must therefore work to make those repayments. And therefore, that means that you have a motivated workforce for low income or, uh, shall we say, low status jobs. You, you know, say blue collar, not low status. What is well, this? I think I. It's different. There's a big difference because, like, some blue collar workers make more than I do. Plumbers, man, oh, yeah. he charged me four hundred dollars and didn't fucking fix the toilet. You think I'm not butthurt about that blue collar? I got swindled. Well, I mean, yeah, like the the fiber the fiber optic cable pullers and the line pullers at the utility where my husband used to work made two and three times. Well, if they can what splice, the guys, that is a they can splice. Well, yeah, fiber. but like, <laughs> but that but is. that's on the job training. That's no prior education. Oh, right, like totally. that's that is that's why I say that blue collar is not necessarily low income or low wage earner. Like or, they made even, fucking bank. Yeah. And and I would argue that the only people who think blue collar workers don't get respect are people who watch too many sitcoms <laughs> or believe like the believe the perceptions about uh coastal elites or big city folk. Oh god, and, like, I'm a, want that sort I'm of class coastal, warfare. I'm in a coastal city. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah we're, we're we're both coastal elitists savannah <laughs> and robin's the only one here with her head on straight clearly as she lives in the midwest where god lives i do currently so, but um, well 
But no, but like my point is like there's this trope about blue collar workers need to be respected and dirty jobs with Mike Rose. So you can see how these hardworking individuals who don't need to go to college make money and you should respect them. It's like, I don't, I don't who dis- doesn't respect, who teaches, who taught their kids not to respect blue collar yeah. workers? It was I like, mean, it's middle class. Please, please come people. do this thing. I don't know how to do. Let me pay you all the money to come do it on holiday. I'm like in awe watching a plumber work. He's like, oh yeah, no big deal. Absolutely. Or an electrician. <sighs> Electricians deserve everything because they are fucking with God's might. That's magic right there. It Electricity is, is really shit. just codified black magic. That's that's all that's it accurate. is. So uh, leading back to student loans directly, um, I had a, a, a question for you guys to see how you would believe of all student loans being forgiven or should there be um, limitations to it or just guidelines to it? Like uh, say your undergrad, your first undergrad, um, a degree that you have to be working in the field for. Um, what do you think are some guidelines, if any, that should be, um, encouraged for the student loan debt forgiven? To put mm. some context, um, never mind. I'm not, I'm not oh, going to no. give context. I, no, I'm not going to. I know what you're getting ready to say. <laughs> I don't I'm think, good. I don't think. A random person may or may not have returned to school to pursue another degree and decided that they didn't want to pursue that degree and got themselves into a massive amount of debt. But again, that's choices. And we go back to, you know, people do make choices. They do make choices that they fuck up with. I know I have done many. So I I do think to that point, I do think it sucks that people will go to school and have to spend a lot of money before they realize. Yeah that they don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. You know, like my mom didn't realize she didn't want to be a psychologist until she was in her like senior year doing her practicums in psychology. Yeah. And then she was like, wow, this is not for me. So she has a degree. She has a bachelor's in psychology that she never used. Yeah. You know, I had three different majors before I picked one that would get me out quick. Well, do you guys see that there should be any, um, guidelines or should it be a right it's so hard like part of me wants to say sure like why not why like if i if i try to draw an arbitrary line there's always going to be somebody on the wrong side of the line that deserves to have their debt forgiven forgiven as well and i'm going to be like well no you know and like uh my my poor little soft heart can't handle that thought and so i'm just like just wipe it out and then we've got all of these people who have suddenly freed up a mm-hmm. bunch of financial resources that will then probably make its way back into the economy because poor people spend money yes rich people don't spend money but poor people do because they have to to survive yep and i would so. say that you know the whole idea of like disability queens and stuff like that if you want to go to the podcast that y'all had done on uh, disability people who um quote unquote abuse so she- y- yes the the idea yeah, yeah, of yeah, like yeah. The welfare queen yeah um yeah. the yeah. idea of that like there will be people who abuse a system but in at the end of everything it is v- seemingly rare um, and it would benefit more people if we didn't have arbitrary rules put place around it. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand. Like, I can't think of a way that you could abuse 
student loan debt forgiveness. Continuing to be like, a, a, a student, a person that goes to school repeatedly and doesn't actually go into the workforce. Well, but that would that would necessitate that this is an ongoing and perpetual process versus a one-time wipeout. Is, yeah. I okay, kind of, so you think a one-time wipeout and then... Like, I, I mean, I again, I am in the camp that all undergraduate education should be free. Like, yeah. what about I, I am fully in that camp. Housing, housing is housing, right? So if you want to live on campus... I'm not opposed to I'm not opposed to there being costs for housing and food. And those are all hard costs. Right. Um, But I believe that tuition, the money that I pay for a credit hour. Should be part of of my taxpayer dollars in the United States of America. Granted, we could probably go into a lot of detail about how universal education programs work and and they're complicated and I'm not saying that they're not but I don't know that it would need to be an ongoing debt forgiveness situation if we could implement universal secondary education so it's a a multi-step plan eradicate the debt have initial degrees be um, free and get these people into a fulfilled, not serfdom lifestyle. Right. I mean, if you want to go for a master's degree, we can talk about that kind of stuff. But I think there are plenty of countries throughout the world that do this and do it well, that we can look to for for a standard, for a precedent. Um, but I don't, I, I, yeah. I don't see a reason not to, I mean, other than, other than needing to figure out the sweeping economic impact of adding $1.6 trillion to the national debt, which we seem pretty damn willing to do these days, um, I don't see a reason why. If we're going to do student debt forgiveness, then it needs to come hand in hand with, um, if, if it doesn't come with free universal secondary um, free universal secondary wow if it doesn't come with that <laughs> with uh, with secondary um then there needs to be a restructuring of 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 how we do student loans yeah there needs to be um oh shoot what is that thing that the government does to limit how businesses do business that conservatives hate um, regulations <laughs> thank you all i could think of was restrictions regulations there needs to be regulations on how companies give loans right right? how they are allowed to 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 uh, issue loans i think that interest rates need to be capped at x amount right um like one percent a nominal interest rate at the massive amount of debt or 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 loans that are given out every year that's still going to be able to keep a company afloat would it be able to send its ceo home and like a limo <laughs> every day. Limos was, not, are so but... 1990s. You know, no one does limos anymore, right? An air limo called a helicopter. <laughs> exactly. I wanted. No, I uh, think. Uh, I think the idea that uh, education should be highly profitable is inherently flawed. Yeah, I do too. 
Um, but if we are not going to overthrow that, if we're not going to make it free, then there needs to be some sort of regulation applied yeah. to student loans. Agreed. In order to make it as like I can I I can take out a loan on my house and it is worth at least I'm trying to do mental math and it doesn't work, but like there's no calculator up here. I'm just staring into space. But um like it's it's worth we'll just throw out like 10 times what I paid for my college education. And oh no. What I paid for my college education is actually worth closer to like 30 times yeah. that. And I'm still going to get it paid off in 30 years, less than 30 years, actually. Yeah. Because the way the mortgage is set up and the way that it, it like works and is explained, I can make my payments and I know the schedule and I know exactly when it's going to be paid off and it's all laid out before me. Yeah. If I make a minimum payment, I know the date it's going to end. If I make a minimum payment on some of these loans, it will literally never end. Yeah. And I, I think that's and something like, that people are not considering in their discussion of the economic impact of canceling existing student loan debt is that there's an entire category of people who are out there saying, fuck it, they're never going away. I'm paying as little as possible for as yep. long as possible because I will die with these. Or just not paying at all. Or yeah, yeah or just the, not paying it off. I mean, none of us have been paying student loans for almost two years now, right? Because yeah. all of all student loan payments have been uh, have been put in kind of like mandatory suspended. forbearance. Yeah, they've all but been like, suspended. A lot of but like interest is still accruing on. Oh, those, interest right? is still accruing, but but yeah. when you're dealing with groups of people for whom that Who payment makes the difference between paying all their bills in a month and not paying all their bills in a month. They don't care. Interest doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I, I have a friend. Sorry. I have, I just want to say, I have a friend who actually made the decision to tank his own credit score and just not pay his student loans off because they're not like, he's been making payments on them for decades. Right. And they're like, he's, he's like, I cannot pay them off. I cannot imagine that this setup is he's paying them off now, but. profitable for the United States government, considering the categories of people who take out student loans. Like uh, the number of people who are in these income based repayments or who have been in forbearance for more than three years because they can't afford their student loans. What is the actual impact? And here's something they don't tell you about those income uh, deferred repayment plans is sometimes, not always, but sometimes, if you get on an income deferred repayment plan, the payments that you have agreed to make don't even pay the interest. Interest. Right. So you pay and your balance goes up. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, there are some programs, like, there there are the ones that... <laughs> it's fine. It's the worst. It's, it's yeah. I was just going to make a joke and I was like, maybe you should just stop being poor. No. <laughs> the, the Paris Hilton <laughs> meme. Just, fuck. Go Dude, grab your being poor. Cancel this podcast. We figured it out. Guys, we solved Savannah's we like, solved you should y'all should just stop being poor. <laughs> just, just knock that off. That's it's a problem. joke. We made a decision to be poor. Right. And this is what Honestly, happened. Honestly, I mean, result. I decided not Thank to be you, poor. Savannah. And look at me. This is these are the hot takes we, we want to do on the podcast. Not. Just just be better. Just be I'm gonna cut that you... and that's gonna be an audiogram. 
It is a don't put that out of context. It's just gonna be your your author headshot, and it's just gonna say, "Why don't you just stop being poor?" Stop being poor. But I am quoting Paris Hilton. Her shirt. I I am. No, I am. Anyway, I don't remember this quote. Um, I also wanted to take this time to offer to any of the listeners who are veterans, and this is probably gonna infuriate some people who are not veterans. Um, if you served. And you go to the Veterans Veterans Affairs and you get 0% uh, disability or higher if you get rated at 0%. If you get a VA disability rating at all in certain states, you can go to college for free. Uh, your student, or I'm sorry, not just yourself, um, but your children will also go to college for free. So it's called the Yellow Ribbon Program and you should look into it. Um, just get a rating at all and then your children will be able to go to any state um, college for free. So that's awesome. If you're pissed great. off by that listener, why don't you go out and sacrifice part of your body or your mental, uh, health for our country and then go bitch about it then. Anyway, I just wanted to so. give some information cause not enough veterans know about that. Yeah. I will say uh, that's just in general, the assistance programs in the, in our country, we have a lot. I think we need more. Uh, but like there's, they don't get any screen time, so nobody knows what's. We available. need to talk and about this stuff more. Yeah. yeah, we could have an unscripted of our favorite benefits, um, national park stuff. I could go on that for that for a while. But anyway, what? Not not. If you think that's a good idea, listener, you can let us know because we're at our time. Yeah, cap. we are. I was <laughs> waiting like for an that. Hour and ten in. <laughs> Sorry. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to to close out with? No, you interrupted me. <laughs> No, that was it. I was trying to close it out with some information and then let's get the fuck out of here. So very good. I think that's good news. I think that qualifies as good news. Yeah, that counts. Yellow Ribbon program, folks. Um, Doing it out of order. We're just going to go out Don't forget to follow us us on social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook and we can be listened to. Um, John, you want to list all the places that we can be listened to? Uh, anywhere that you get your podcast delivered to your ear holes. Exactly. And also you can see our latest episodes on YouTube. And hmm. sign up for um, this one. Uncut. Yeah. Bloopers and all. Oh, yeah. There's no editing, guys. Because you don't, don't edit have, out. No, ain't nobody got you don't time edit out the, the stuff that needs to be edited out anyway, John. No, he leaves on all the fun stuff. Uh, well, that's a matter of opinion. <laughs> so you can also sign up for Patreon um, where we have some goodies for people who uh, want to get more of us because you love us so much. And um, yeah, Robin. You can find that link at our website at firesidebreakdowns.com. Good tag team, you guys. Boom. We'll be back to you next week where we will continue our uh, discussion on uh, white nationalism, uh, Christian nationalism, Trump, and all of this, this chaotic which is brew of the things that we've been witnessing in the United States for the last, uh, six years or so now. Um, very, very much looking forward to that. That's been our past two episodes. Uh, highly encourage you to go listen to those. If you haven't, um, there's been lots of research done. Robin pulled a rabbit out of a hat making last episodes, uh, uh, research come together so well. Um, and just a reminder, if you didn't catch us last week, uh, Savannah is uh, stepping into an executive producer role, we'll say. Um, she'll be handling 
more of the uh, the research in the background. Uh, we'll see her every unresearched episode where she can come and tell people to stop being poor <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. spread her wisdom across the nation. And um, we're also planning to do some, uh, hopefully, if people will stop being chickens, um, do some very interesting special episodes where uh, Savannah gets to do her own thing that she does very, very well and that you can check out at bamboo-and-bananas.com. And very much looking forward to that new project, hoping that we can get rolling on that relatively soon. Until then, though, we really have to go. I got to go to bed because the world ain't going to save itself tomorrow. Uh, I'm not going to do it either. But uh, All right. Thanks, listeners. We'll see you all another time. Take care of each other. Bye.